Good morning. This is Mike with FlexDeckPlayingCards.com, reading the Biscayne National Park article on Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia, and encouraging you to support your local library. Human history. Native people. Native Americans were present in Lower Florida 10,000 years ago when ocean levels were low and the Biscayne Bay was comparably empty of water. Water levels rose from about 4,000 years ago and inundated the bay. Archaeologists believe that any traces left by the peoples of that era are now submerged. None now exists on dry lands in the park. The Cutler Fossil Site, just to the west of the creek, has yielded evidence of human occupation extending to at least 10,000 years before the present. The earliest evidence of human presence in Biscayne dates to about 2,500 years before the present, with piles of conch and whelk shells left by the Glades culture. The Glades culture was followed by the Tequesta people, who occupied the shores of Biscayne Bay. The Tequesta were a sedentary community living on fish and other sea life, with no significant agricultural activity. A site on Sands Key has yielded pot shards, worked shells, and other artifacts indicating occupation from at least 1000 AD to about 1650, after contact was made with Europeans. A total of 50 significant archaeological sites have been identified in the park. Exploration Juan Ponce de Leon explored the area in 1513, discovering the Florida Keys and encountering the Tequesta on the mainland. Other Spanish explorers arrived later in the 16th century, and Florida came under Spanish rule. The Tequesta were resettled by then-Spanish government in the Florida Keys, and the South Florida mainland was depopulated. Ponce de Leon referred to the bay as Chequesca, after its inhabitants, becoming Tequesta, by the time of Spanish governor Pedro Menendez de Avili later in the century. The present name has been attributed to a shipwrecked Basque sailor known as the Biscano or Viscano, who lived in the area for a time, or to a more general illusion of the Bay of Biscay. Spanish treasure fleets regularly sailed past the Florida Keys and were often caught in hurricanes. There are 44 documented shipwrecks in the park from the 16th through the 20th centuries, at least two 18th century Spanish ships were wrecked in the park area. The Spanish galleon, Nuestra Sonora del Papalo, is believed to have been wrecked in park waters in 1733, though the site has not been found. HMS Foey was wrecked in 1748 in what is now Legra Anchorage at some distance from the Fowey Rocks. The discovery of the ship in 1975 resulted in a landmark court case that established the wreck as an archaeological site rather than a salvage site. Forty-three wrecks were included on the National Register of Historic Places in the Offshore Reefs Archaeological District, which extends for 30 miles, or 48 kilometers, along the seaward side of the Biscayne National Park Keys. During the 18th century, Elliot Key was the reputed base of two different pirates, both of whom were called Black Caesar, commemorated by Caesar's Creek between Elliot and Old Rhodes Key. Settlement and Pre-Park Use 
the first permanent European settlers in the Miami area did not come until the early 19th century. The first settlements around Biscayne Bay were small farms on Elliott Key, growing crops like key limes and pineapples. John James Audubon visited Elliott Key in 1832. Colonel Robert E. Lee surveyed the area around Biscayne Bay for potential fortification sites in 1849. At the end of the American Civil War in 1865, a number of Confederates passed through the area as they were attempting to escape to Cuba. Elliott Key was a brief stopping point for John C. Breckinridge during his flight to Cuba. The former United States Vice President, Confederate General, and Confederate Secretary of War spent two nights in Biscayne Bay on his journey. Few people lived in the park area until 1897, when Israel Lafitte Jones, an African-American property manager, bought Porgy Key for $300 U.S. The next year, Jones bought the adjoining Old Roads Key and moved his family there, clearing land to grow limes and pineapples. In 1911, Jones bought 212-acre Totten Key, which had been used as a pineapple plantation for a dollar an acre, selling in 1925 for $250,000. Before Israel Jones' death in 1932, the Jones Plantation were among the largest lime producers on the Florida East Coast. Carl G. Fisher, who was responsible for much of the development of Miami Beach, bought Adams Key, once known as Coco Lobo Key, in 1916 and built the Coco Lobo Key Club in 1922. The two-story club building had ten guest rooms, a dining room, and a separate recreation lodge. Patrons included Warren G. Harding, Albert Fall, T. Coleman DuPont, Harvey Firestone, Jack Dempsey, Charles F. Kettering, Will Rogers, and Frank Sieberling. Israel Jones's sons, Lancelot and Arthur, dropped out of the lime-growing business after competition from Mexican limes made their business less profitable, and after a series of devastating hurricanes in 1938, they became full-time fishing guides at the Coco Lobo Club. The club had declined with the crash of 1929, which cost Fisher his fortune, but was revived by Garfield Wood in 1934. Among the Joneses' clients was avid fisherman Herbert Hoover and his family. The Joneses also provided the club with fish, lobster, and crabs. Arthur and Lancelot Jones were the second-largest landowners and the only permanent residents of the Lower Biscayne Bay Keys during the 1960s. Wood sold the Coco Lobo K Club to a group of investors led by Miami banker B.B. Rebozo in 1954, who renamed it the Coco Lobo Fishing Club. Clients guided by the Joneses included then-senators John F. Kennedy, Lyndon Johnson, Richard Nixon, Herman Talmadge, and George Smathers through the 1940s and 1950s. During the Cold War, the Future Park area was used as a training ground for Cuban exiles training for missions in Fidel Castro's Cuba. Elliott Key in particular was used by the Central Intelligence Agency as a training area in the early 1960s in preparation for Bay of Pigs invasion. The largest facility was Ludberry Lodge, the only hotel ever built on the Key. As late as 1988, a group of Cuban exiles were arrested when they tried to use the key for a mock landing. 
Farther north, exiled Venezuelan President Marcos Perez Jimenez kept a house on Soldier Key until he was extradited in 1963. Proposed Development As modern communities continued growing in and around Miami, developers looked to the southern Dade County for new projects. The undeveloped keys south of Key Biscayne were viewed as prime development territory. Beginning in the 1890s, local interests promoted the construction of a causeway to the mainland. One proposal included building a highway linking the Biscayne Bay Keys to the Overseas Highway at Key Largo and to the developed barrier islands to the north. At the same time, pressure built to accommodate industrial development in South Florida. This led to competing priorities between those who wished to develop, uh, who wished to develop for residential and leisure use and those in favor of industrial and infrastructure development. On December 6, 1960, 12 of the 18 area landowners who favored development voted to create the city of Idlandia on Elliott Key. The town was incorporated to encourage Dade County to improve access to Elliott Key in particular, which landowners viewed as a potential rival to Miami Beach. The new city lobbied for causeway access and formed a negotiating block to attract potential developers. In 1962, an industrial seaport was proposed for the mainland shores of Biscayne Bay to be known as Seadade. Seadade, supported by billionaire shipping magnate Daniel K. Ludwig, would have included an oil refinery. In addition to the physical structures, it would have been necessary to dredge a 40-foot deep or 12-meter channel through the bay for large ships to access the refinery. The channel would have also required cutting through the coral reef to get to the deep water. In 1963, Florida Power and Light, or FP&L, announced plans for two new 400-megawatt oil-fired power plants on undeveloped land at Turkey Point. Many local residents and politicians supported CDAID because it would have created additional jobs, but a group of early environmentalists thought the costs were too high. They fought against development of the bay and formed the Safe Progress Association. Led by Lloyd Miller, the president of the local chapter of the Isaac Walton League, Miami Herald reporter Juanita Green, and Art Marshall, the opponents of industrialization proposed the creation of a national park unit that would protect the reefs, islands, and bay. After initial skepticism, the park proposal obtained the support of Miami Herald editors as well as Florida Congressman Dante Fassell and Florida Governor Claude R. Kirk Jr. and were supported by lobbying efforts by sympathetic businessmen including Herbert Hoover Jr. One vision of Atlandia, supported by landowners, would have connected the northern Florida Keys from Key Biscayne to Key Largo with bridges and created new islands using the fill from the Sea Dade Channel. Although Ludwig's Seadade plans were not supported by Miami-area politicians or the state of Florida, Islandia's supporters continued to lobby for development support. In 1968, when it appeared the area was about to become a national monument, Islandia supporters bulldozed a highway six lanes wide right down the center of the island, destroying the forest for seven miles, or 11 kilometers. Islandia landowners called it Elliott Key Boulevard, but called it, quote-unquote, Spite Highway. 
privately. It was hoped that since there was so much environmental damage, no one would want it for a national monument. Over time, in the near tropical climate, the forest grew back, and now the only significant hiking trail on Elliott Key now follows the path of Elliott Key Boulevard. The oil-fired Turkey Point power stations were completed in 1967-68 to 68 and experienced immediate problems from the discharge of hot cooling water into Biscayne Bay, where the heat killed marine grasses. In 1964, FPNL announced plans for two 693-megawatt nuclear reactors at the site, which were expected to compound the cooling water problem. Because of the shallowness of Biscayne Bay, the power stations were projected to consume a significant proportion of the bay's waters each day for cooling. After extensive negotiations and litigation with both the state and with Ludwig, who owned lands needed for cooling water canals, a closed-loop canal system was built south of the power plants, and the nuclear units became operational in the early 1970s. Portions of the present park were used for recreation prior to the park's establishment. Homestead Bayfront Park, still operated by Miami-Dade County just south of Convoy Point, established a quote-unquote blacks-only segregated beach for African Americans at the present site at the Dante Fassell Visitor Center. The segregated beach operated through the 1950s into the early 1960s before segregated public facilities were abolished. Park Establishment and History The earliest proposals for the protection of Biscayne Bay were included in proposals by Everglades National Park advocate Ernest F. Coe, who proposed Everglades Park boundaries included Biscayne Bay, its keys, interior, country, including what are now Homestead and Florida City, and Key Largo. Biscayne Bay, Key Largo, and the adjoining inland extensions were cut from Everglades National Park before its establishment in 1947. When proposals to develop Elliott Key surfaced in 1960, Lloyd Miller asked Secretary of the Interior Stuart Udell to send a Park Service reconnaissance team to review the Biscayne Bay area for inclusion in the National Park System. A favorable report ensued, and with fiscal help and with financial help from Herbert Hoover Jr., political support was solicited most notably from Congressman Fassell. A 90-acre area of Elliott Key was by this time a part of the Dade County Park System. The 1966 report noted that the proposed park contained the best remaining areas of tropical forest in Florida and a rare combination of, quote, terrestrial, marine, and amphibious life, end quote, as well as significant recreational value. The report found that the most significant virtues of the potential park were, quote, the clear sparkling waters, marine life, and the submerged lands of Biscayne Bay and the Atlantic Ocean. Here in shallow water is a veritable wonderland, end quote. President Lyndon B. Johnson signed Public Law 90-606 to create Biscayne National Monument on October 18, 1968. The monument was expanded in 1974 under Public Law 93-477 and expanded again when the monument was redesignated a national park by an act of Congress through Public Law 96-287, effective June 28, 1980. The 1980 expansion extended the park almost to Key Biscayne 
and included Boca Chita Key, the Ragged Keys, and the Safety Valve Shoal region, together with the corresponding offshore reefs and a substantial portion of the central Biscayne Bay. The first Islandia property owner to sell land to the National Park Service was Lancelot Jones, together with Catherine Jones, author's widow. They sold their lands for $1,272,500, about a third of the potential development value. Jones was given a life estate on three acres at the age of 70. He visited with park rangers stationed at the former Coco Lobo Club, which eventually burned down in 1975. The other life estate in the park was held by Virginia Tannehill, the widow of Eastern Airlines executive Paul Tannehill. Jones's house, built by Lancelot, his father, and his brother, burned down in 1982. He lived in a two-room shack for the next ten years, riding out hurricanes on Porgy Key, but left his home permanently just before Hurricane Andrew in 1992. The house was destroyed, and Jones remained in Miami until his death in 1997 at 99 years. Deprived of a rationale for existence by the National Monuments Establishment, Islandia languished. The hiring of a police chief in 1989 prompted questions from the National Park Service to the Dade County State Attorney's Office, headed by Janet Reno. In 1990, Reno's office determined after investigation that all of the town's elections were invalid since the elections were restricted only to landowners, not residents. The town was finally abolished by the Miami-Dade Board of County Commissioners in March 2012. The impact of Hurricane Andrew on neighboring Homestead Air Force Base caused the Air Force to consider closing the base and conveying it to Miami-Dade County, which was interested in using the base for commercial air traffic as an alternative to Miami International Airport. An environmental impact study concluded that the resulting flight paths over the bay, only two miles to the east, would result in degradation to the park. In 1999, the Air Force prohibited major commercial development at Homestead as a result. The park's popularity as a destination for boaters has led to a high rate of accidents, some of them fatal. The Columbus Day weekend has been cited as, quote, the most dangerous weekend of the year, end quote. An annual boating regatta in its 57th year in 2012 resulted in six deaths between 2002 and 2011 with damage to seabeds from vessel groundings and littering. Although official regatta activities take place outside the park, the area of Elliott Key has become a popular destination for some participants. A fifth generating unit, fueled by natural gas and oil, was added to the Turkey Point Generating Station in 2007. In 2009, Turkey Point was proposed as the site of two new 1,007-megawatt AP-1000 nuclear reactors to be designated Turkey Point 6 and 7. If built, the new reactors would make Turkey Point one of the largest generating sites in the United States. Other neighboring influences on the bay are the agricultural lands of South Miami-Dade County, a sewage treatment facility on the park boundary at Black Point, and its neighbor, the South Miami-Dade Landfail. Well, that'll make this that for now. This is Mike, 
with FlexDeckPlayingCards.com. As always, I want to thank you for listening. I want to apologize for any mistakes or mispronunciations that I may have made. The words are not my own. This is just a reading of Wikipedia, the place to go for the questions, not the answers. So with that, I want to thank you again. Have a great day.